Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you sell yourself with more confidence and take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Meet Jessie Jolly. Jessie is a Perth-based personal stylist, image consultant, and public speaker who empowers you to discover your personal style and dress with confidence. As stated by Jessie, though, she is no model-turned-fashion expert. Jessie was a stay-at-home mum who had gained a lot of weight, a size 20 to 22, lived in activewear, and refused to buy anything new until she felt good enough. After years of letting her weight dictate how she felt, Jessie hit a turning point. She started dressing differently. As if by miracle, Jessie realized she not only accepted her body, but also finally felt confident in her own skin. Through her own experience and a keen eye for personal style, Jessie helps her clients let go of limiting beliefs that keep them stuck in old ways of dressing, whilst teaching them how to think differently about their own bodies and clothes. Jessie works with a number of career-focused women to help them show up feeling confident and ready to take charge in their careers with their own unique professional style and flair. I am pumped to have Jessie on the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast today. Let's dive on in. All right. Well, Jessie Jolly, I am seriously pumped to have you on the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast today. How are you going? I'm really well, Claire. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on. I feel like I have my own personal stylist on call at the moment and I've got so many questions for you. I am like, this is the most convenient podcast for me ever as I sit here in my desk, in my active wear, top half t-shirt, bottom half like active wear pants and socks. And we're going to sit here today and talk about all, th- all things dressing confidently. Great timing. <laughs> it's like you're back in 2000 when everyone was working from home and doing COVID and you're just doing that from the waist up dressing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. People are going to listen to this in years to come and be like, wow, what is that world that they lived in? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we're active wear all the time we're probably gonna all just wear active wear all the time oh it suits me to a t suits me to a t now we were obviously having a bit of a chin wag before we before we kind of jumped on jumped onto the potty and i am really excited for the listeners to hear about your world and what you do and how you help particularly corporate women and and women in career positions kind of show up and feel confident in the way that they dress. But before we kind of get into that side of things, do you want to just take us on a bit of a journey in terms of kind of who you are, what you're about and kind of what got you to where you are today? Sure. So I do personal styling. I, I guess it's like people always wonder what does a personal stylist do? 
it's all for me about those people who have nothing to wear but a wardrobe full of clothes and helping them piece that together but also working out what suits their body shape how to feel good and confident in the clothes that they do wear so it wasn't like a natural progression for me coming into styling I've worked in FIFO I've done the high-vis thing I've done full-time stepmom life where I quit my job and was at home and for me I lost myself in that process I put on a lot of weight I lost a lot of my identity and then through the other side of that I found that putting on great clothes for me was something that made me feel really good about myself and it reconnected me back with myself and allowed me to feel confident again so it's been quite a whirlwind and here we are yeah and I love that I love that you're not a traditional stylist in the sense that you know we were talking about earlier it's not you know you've not necessarily come through fashion school from from 12 years old or a model turned stylist or anything like that even though you are beautiful but I love that for you it's come from a place Oh, like it's come from a heart-centered place and it's come from a space of kind of knowing how it's felt in the past to to have a wardrobe full of clothes but not feel like you can wear any of them or or maybe not even want to feel like you want to get dressed up because you don't feel like you're going to look great with what's in your wardrobe and so I, I think that just hearing that is fantastic and really resonates with me because you've come from you're coming from a place where your business is built on something deeper and, and I'm sure, well, I'm, I'm not sure I know that that would come through as well with all the women that you work with. So how 100% resonate with the wardrobe full of clothes and nothing to wear? And if I, you know, and there's probably a lot of people listening to this episode at the moment with with COVID and, and, the, and the COVID kilos that, we, that a lot of us have put on and, and that feeling is then just, you know, you feel even worse then. And I know that I walk into my wardrobe and I have a lot of clothes, a lot of corporate clothes from past roles, all sorts of things that I refuse to throw out because one day they'll fit. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I'm not alone in that space, but what it lends itself to is that I do stand there often for 15, 20 minutes just staring, thinking like, what am I going to put on that's going to actually make me feel good about myself and so you must come up with this all the time with the women that you work with all the time I call them guilt clothes that we have in our wardrobes so it's like they tie to this part of our identity or a part of our body that we used to appreciate about our body shape and they just sit in your wardrobe taking up space they you open your wardrobe and you look at it and you go oh I wish I could still fit that what am I going to wear? And you have to hunt through all of those pieces and they essentially are just little pieces of guilt laying in there, not making you feel good and not making getting dressed any easier every day. I see it all the time. I had a woman, four wardrobes. We cleared up four wardrobes and she only fit about two. It was a collection of about 40 years worth of clothes. Yeah. And so for her, as you can imagine, when we cleared out all of that, she was like, I feel lighter. I mean, if you weighed the clothes that we we detoxed out of her wardrobe, it probably would have weighed about 70 kilos. So she probably lost 70 kilos that day. I'm sold on this already. 
If that is, if, if I can drop 70 kilos just like that, I'm in, I'm in, where do I sign? But I imagine, <laughs> I imagine as well, like you're saying, it's like the detox of 40 years of clothes that they, that, that she's been keeping for, for maybe feeling like she's going to wear them another day or whatever, whatever stories we tell ourselves. But what do you, what do you then do from that point? Because I imagine that the detox of the wardrobe is one, one part of the work and kind of letting go of the old, but then ultimately to make way for the new. And so how do you work with the women that you work with to help them work out, well, what is the new? Yeah, I think for me, it always comes down to in the consultation process, I'm always making sure that I'm identifying, you know, what direction do you want to take your style? So it's important to understand what have you been doing that you really love? Why are these pieces so important? Because they always hold, it's not just clothes. It holds a piece of your identity. That's why you're holding on to it. So what's that part of your identity that's really important to you? Was it um, a fun freedom that you felt when you were wearing it? Was it that you were super confident and feeling really sexy? Was it that you felt really bold and in your creativity, whatever that was? And how can we start implementing that in a future sense in a way that is age appropriate or not age appropriate? I hate that term, but appropriate for the woman who you're trying to step into rather because it changes like a feminine version of you in your 20s it's naturally going to look different to the feminine version of you in your 50s or your 60s. Yeah, I love that. I've just had such a light bulb moment with... Oh, what was it? Well, when, when you're just saying around like clothes are clothes are ultimately memories and we attach them to our, ident- our identity and I think you're spot on. I think I think a lot of the clothes that I still have in my wardrobe, even clothes that I don't think that I would wear again... Uh, because as you said, like I've sort of moved on to a new season in life now and, and the feminine that I was 15 years ago is different to now, yet I'm holding on to these clothes because of the memory I think that they serve. And whether it was a, you know, a, a corporate outfit that I owned where I had a big win at work and, I, and I'm holding on, that's probably the memory that's attached to that item. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is so very helpful. What would the woman in like the end of this year who is taking on an amazing opportunity, what does she wear? How does it look different? Right? Yeah. So talk. So let's play this out. Like let's imagine that I, let's imagine you've, you've got a client who's you've, you've done the detox and, and then you're taking her to the shopping mall and and the game plan today is to kind of get some new incredible outfits for her what are and let's assume that she's a corporate woman corporate professional woman what are some of the questions that you would ask her to help draw out what she needs and and her and her kind of new identity or what it, whatever it is that we're stepping into sure so i'd be asking and i encourage anyone who's listening to this to start you know considering these questions as well Number one is, are you are you changing roles or are you looking to change roles? Because if you're changing roles and looking to change roles, then you need to, they're slightly different. If you're looking to get advanced in the position that you're currently in, you want to start making small tweaks so that you can be noticed. You want to start maybe adding in a pop of colour if you've been doing quite neutral because subconsciously people 
around you are going to start notice that there has been a change. And so they'll start noticing changes in your work, in how you're approaching things. And so you need to start making just those gentle changes. If you're looking to start taking new roles and you're going more for interviews, it's it's about just dressing really professionally and comfortably. But when you enter that workforce, every new workforce has different codes. So it's about trying to uncover those codes so that you fit in naturally. But also if you're in a senior position, especially you want to make sure you're holding your own and feeling really confident and dressing like someone who is in that power position. So these are the things that I'd all be taking into consideration as well as who are you? Like I always get my client to say, tell me who are they? And in that, like, tell me who are you, Claire? Oh, I was about to say, asking someone who they are is one of the hardest questions on earth, isn't it? Because people often, and I, I ask this question a lot with my clients, you say, who are you? And they'll describe that they'll describe the roles that they play. I'm a mother, I'm a friend, I'm a wife. I'm like, that. that's fantastic. But those are roles that you play. That's not who you are. So I would say, who am I? I am, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I believe a belly laugh, big solid belly laugh should be part of our everyday. I live my life in as much of a balance as I can of humor and heart. I love, love color, but I also love linen and neutrals. <laughs> I try not to take myself too seriously. I believe I strive to be relatable and warm. I also hang a lot of shit on myself, (laughs) probably sometimes too much. That's probably a general little kind of, kind of who am I? I like it. I like it. So what does, for you, what does someone who is balanced with fun, but also wearing their heart on their sleeve. What does that look like? What do they wear if they wanted to be perceived as that? Yeah. Jessie. Is it a dress? (laughs) Like, is it a dress? Is it a shirt and pants? Oh, I think it can be either. I think it can be definitely either. I think a pop of colour is nice. This is interesting, though, because after living in Melbourne for seven years, which, you know, is the fashion capital of the country, so the the options available to you are incredible yet you still end up wearing black and gray so I do feel like I've got a wardrobe based of of just black and gray but I think in terms of what what the the who am I part how does that link to dressing it it's probably pops of color I think relatable relatable warmth so maybe it's about you know that that color but where people feel like I don't know. They're not too scared to touch me because it looks so fancy that they don't want to. They don't want to ruin what you're wearing. I don't know. That that those are probably some of the things for me that come to mind around an outfit. Yeah, it kind of sounds like because you've mentioned linen and the pops of coloured head back with neutrals and probably some like natural fibres as well, and then probably lighter on the accessories. I'd say for you. Oh, we need to go on a shopping spree together. So how so? You know, in a lot of in a lot of ways, I am fortunate because I run because I run my own business. Like, I guess I can choose choose what I wear, 
people will like it or, or lump it. But if I am, you know, as you said before, if I if I step back into previous corporate roles where sometimes we don't have a choice around around what we wear and there's this certain expectation of, you know, I know I know I've worked in corporate organizations in the past where it was quite high corporate, so you're sort of expected to wear a, a version of a, a version of a power suit every day right through to FIFO similar to you where you where you already have your outfit chosen for you every day you're wearing steel caps pair of jeans and a high-vis shirt so how what advice do you have for women who want to you know bring their their personal professional brand into the corporate environment to to stand out and feel confident in themselves but I guess within some of the boundaries that are naturally there in the workplace I think with like that thing tall poppy syndrome and I think as women we're often scared to step out and be noticed it's almost like we want to just blend with what is acceptable I get a lot of clients coming to me and they're like I want to wear color but I, I don't want people to notice that I'm wearing color so I think part of that is just working out where you're comfortable so for some people when it comes to colour, especially in the workplace, maybe it's more starting with those muted tones. But there's a lot of really beautiful brands and workwear available now that is outside of the classic black pants and a white shirt and a black blazer. And I'm for anyone listening, I give you full permission in the corporate world to wear pattern and also to mix it up because the way that we're dressing now and the changes that are happening, you can still do a really beautiful chic look, which isn't, which isn't that boring. And so I've spoken with some clients who have worked on site as well, myself included. And so for one of the ladies who I worked with, she was a senior engineer on site and she said she would always, no matter the day, wear a lick of mascara. And I was like, that is amazing because then you are still feeling like yourself you are still dressing the way you want to dress. For another woman who was doing a FIFO role, she was like wanting to do the blend. Sorry, it was FIFO and a senior management role back in Perth. So doing a little bit of Perth time and site time. And so for her, she has strong color codes and in her civvies back out on site, she wanted to make sure she could still wear color. And as you know, on site, most people are still wearing very paired back, almost Kmart sort of style clothes in their civvies out on site, you know. You'd know that, Claire. Yes, absolutely. And for anyone listening who who's wondering what we're talking about when we talk about site and FIFO, these are essentially roles where people work away for a portion of the time. So up in very remote mine sites uh, in mining and resources sectors, oil and gas, where they might be, you know, two weeks away from home, one week at home, or they might have a blend of a corporate-based head office role as well as time away in the middle of nowhere where it's red dirt, there's not much there, and you're, you're told to wear it. It's hot. It's like 50 degrees, 55 degrees sometimes in summer. And you're pretty much given an outfit that you have to wear, which is a safety vest and steel cap boots. So trying yeah, to infuse some personal style into that can can be a challenge sometimes, but not impossible. 
Not impossible because then, you know, you finish work at the end of the day, you usually have a shower and you change out of those clothes. And so part of that can be finding those clothes after work that you get changed into that you also feel good in and that make you feel like yourself. I definitely think when it comes to being on site, because you are given that uniform, it's it's those little things, you know, it's maybe popping your hair up in a ponytail if that's your go-to and doing a bit of blush or a bit of mascara. It's really hard. I know one lady who she always wears a little scarf because she works in admin. And so that's just her thing. That's her signature. And I absolutely love that for her because you know what, if if she's got a new staff member and they're sending the staff member out on site, they'll be like, oh, if you get stuck, just go find the lady with the scarf and she's going to go help you. You know, like that's your signature. It's okay. And then back in Perth, definitely, definitely tuning into what makes you feel good and, and giving yourself permission to stand out from the crowd. Yes, absolutely. I love your, I love the story about the scarf lady. I think that's fantastic. And talk about, you know, kind of on brand in terms of go see the staff lady, she'll help you out. So I imagine that if you were to ask that lady who she is, she's probably going to say things like, I'm kind, I'm caring, I enjoy people, those sorts of things, which probably that, that scarf, maybe even unbeknownst to her, links so well to that and the message that she sends out to the world, which I think, I think that's fabulous. And so, let, I mean, let's talk a little bit now about, I guess, the link between how we look and how we feel, because we, we touched on this briefly before we kind of jumped on the call and there, you know, there, there will be some eye rolls from people. I think sometimes when you talk about personal, personal styling and, and, and having to dress a certain way, whereas think the message that you stand for is around you look, you know, dress how you want to dress, but dress in a way that makes you feel good. Because when you feel good, you, you, you're more confident. And when you're more confident, you're more likely to lean in and take risks and step forward. So keen to hear from you what, what, you know, how, what your take is on that link between how we dress and how we feel. Yeah, hundred percent. So before I started styling, you know, like I said, I'd put on a lot of weight and I was in that whole motion of telling myself I'm not good enough to wear anything nicer. And so it was always about when I lose, you know, if I lose five kilos, then maybe I can wear something nicer, you know. And for me, I was wearing things that would completely hide, you know, all my lumps and bumps. I was trying to hide my tummy, trying to hide my thighs, trying to hide my butt and wearing... I'm going to be honest, I was just wearing really baggy, daggy, cheap clothes. And mentally, that didn't put me in a very good headspace. And so when I finally found some clothes that would fit me as a size 20 to 22, and they were made for my body shape, I naturally started to see myself differently. And so when I say that clothes can change your confidence and change how you feel about yourself it's because you are looking in the mirror and you are getting a different message back through your eyes to your neurological pathways which then changes your dopamine levels or your serotonin levels which then changes how you show up in the world so yes it may sound frivolous and it may sound all glossy and just about going out and finding new clothes 
you know, you've got some killer gems in your wardrobe. It's not about finding new clothes. It's about seeing yourself differently and appreciating who you are, how your body looks and accepting that and then allowing yourself to shine in that space. Spot on. I think you've summarised that perfectly. It's not about consumption or just going out and buying things for the sake of buying them. It's about buying things that make you feel that you're worthy and that you're deserving because you are. And I think you're, you know, you are, you're spot on in the sense that the the difference that it can make to the way that you show up when you look in the mirror at yourself versus, you know, when you are, you know, in your power suit, like I know I've got this hot pink power suit that I love. And whenever I put that, whenever I put that power suit on, I feel incredible. I feel confident. I feel worthy. I feel all of the things and, and the impact that that has on the way that I show up where whatever I'm doing, right, whether I'm doing a keynote or a workshop or whatever it might be, the difference between that versus if I just got up there in, you know, with a top knot, messy bun on my head and my active wear and my stained t-shirt with my lunch halfway down it, the, the message that I'm sending to myself is very different. And then the way that I show up because of that is very different. And so I think the way you received would be very different. The way I would be perceived would be different. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Because um, especially when you're in a, in a role which has some authority behind it, if you're not showing up looking like you're certain and in charge and sure of yourself and you're about to lead a team, you need they need to have that trust in you. And so that doesn't just come from external, it comes from internal. And I, I personally believe that they marry one another, they reflect one another, you know. I think you're absolutely spot on. And, and it isn't about, you know, I imagine as well that you would have clients come to you with all sorts of different budgets. And so your budget is not, you know, your budget or the money you can spend is not an indicator of how good you can then feel because of what you can afford. So do you want to just touch on that a little bit as well? Yeah. So I have, I've worked with budgets from $300 right up to, I don't have a budget. And my husband said, or I don't care if I use two credit cards and we go to Gucci at the end. Played with both ends of that field, you know. So, and I don't think it comes down to how much you're spending. It's about purchasing key pieces that are going to make sense. So, yes, I just said, I'm going to contradict myself. Yes, I said find pieces that make you feel good. However... If you're one of those people who are a little bit like me and you always get a bit of a dopamine kick from finding something which I would call a peacock piece, which is <laughs> a very out there, you've probably got too many of those and we would not be shopping for those. We'd be shopping for pieces so that, <laughs> so that you I love that. Up. Peacock piece. I love that. They're great. They make a statement. Don't get me wrong. But we need, you probably need more pieces to make that peacock piece work so that you're not just wearing it once and that is the end of said peacock piece so yeah it's about mapping out what you actually have what you do need in your wardrobe so that you can create more outfits out of that and have more versatility and also again so that you're feeling really confident in all of those outfits as well yeah spot on spot on and and it 
Yeah, I, that, this is why I do love watching. I follow obviously you on socials and watch what you do with your clients. And I love that your, from what I can see, your goal is around how can we make sure that the things that we're buying and the things that you are investing in obviously make you feel great, but how many different ways can we wear them and what do they go with and how do they complement maybe some of the things that you already have and bring those things back to life as well that that um, survived the detox? How do we then bring all of that together into into a wardrobe that excites people? Because as, as we've said, like if you're excited about putting those clothes on, when you put them on, you're going to feel good. And when you feel good, you show up with more confidence and and, and self-respect, isn't it? Because it's like you believe that I am good enough and I respect myself enough to know that I am worthy to invest in myself. And investing can be can be any amount of money. It's just about deciding that I'm going to do this for myself because I deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. It's about looking back and and trying to see where you want to go. Where have I been? Where do I want to go? And And identifying how to get there. It's like putting all of those pieces of the puzzle back together that are you. So for me, it for me, it's never about just style. It's about the connection with the client and helping them uncover some of those pieces of the puzzle that they haven't been able to put together for themselves. So while I say to you, I'm like, okay, tell me about you and who are you creatively and putting that into an outfit. If I try to get you to think about that, that's probably really overwhelming. But yeah, when we can tie it all in together and I can bounce that back off you, it actually just comes together really seamlessly. Yeah. This is why you're a magician, Jesse. I'm a magician. <laughs> I'm just a creative. That's, that's what I'd put it down to. I'm a creative who loves people. I love that. That's fantastic. And so tell me what I, I ask all my, all my guests this question. Two, two, it's a two-parter. I always love to share tips, knowledge, books, quotes, whatever it is with people where we can, especially if somebody's got one that's really been a game changer for them or something that's really resonated. So can you think of a, a book in your life that you've read recently or whenever that you feel like has been a game changer? For me, it was Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, I can't remember the name now, but it's like the magic of creativity. Oh, that's not what it's called. That annoys me. We'll find it. We'll find it and we'll pop it in the in the show notes. Big magic. I think yeah. that is. That sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. So she wrote um, Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. And went on that whole journey after divorcing her husband, got turned into a movie and she's written Girls, 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 which was a great book as well. But anyway, this book, um, Big Magic, is about tapping into your creativity. And I just loved it because for me as a creative, sometimes I get so many ideas and so much creativity that it's an abundance. It's overflowing. My ideas are just like overflowing through me. And then sometimes it's like someone's turned off the tap and there is not one ounce left. And she articulated that in that book so beautifully. I've actually passed it on to a few other creatives. But the best bit that I got out of it was she was sharing a story how she had a book idea and she'd had this book idea and sat on it for about five years. And it was random. I can't remember the exact storyline, but let's say it was a zombie apocalypse in the 
in the rainforest and a mum and son had to save the world. Let's say it was that. She had this idea and she finally decided, I just don't have the space or time or anything in this in my life right now. And so she decided not to go ahead with that creative idea. She caught up with a friend six months later. They were at a writer's retreat or something. And that person had had the exact same idea. They had not conversed about the idea. And so she explains that creativity and creative ideas are kind of like it's a channel that flows through and it's just looking for someone to execute it. And I've felt like that myself, like I've had this idea and then I see someone who I'm following on Instagram and then next thing you know, because I haven't had not just me, but, you know, they're just executing this idea that I thought was whole and wholesomely my own. But, I, yeah, I believe that creative creativity flows through us and she articulated it really beautifully. Mm. I've probably just butchered that. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you've inspired me to want to read it and understand <laughs> a bit more about it. But I, I like what you're saying, though, because even listening to you share that story, like for me, based on what you do, and, and and your business and what you stand for, I kind of feel like that's a role that you probably play for a lot of people as well. Like you you help them draw out their own creativity, right? Like it's in there. We all have it in there. We, we just may not know how to articulate it or we may not feel confident enough to bring it out to the surface, but it flows through us. You just help people bring it out. Oh, I like that. You're so clever. <laughs> Thanks. I'll give you 20 bucks for saying that later. Now, last question for second last question for me. Have you got as well, is there a, a quote or a piece of advice that somebody's given you along the way that's really stuck with you and has been quite pivotal in, in how you live your life? Yes. Yeah, so definitely since I started my business and for anyone who's an entrepreneur, game changer, having a business, it brings out a whole new side of you. And for me, it has been, I always say to myself, own lane, own race, own pace. And it's something that I always come back to, you know, comparison itis, comparing yourself to someone who's been in the game for two minutes or 10 years can be, you know, it can really play on your confidence levels and how you're perceiving yourself and the things that you're telling yourself. And you're not going to get to that success unless you identify and realize that you're on your own path and you've got your own journey ahead of you and you're amazing. And so that's the one that I always come back to. That's a great one. And I think that's relevant whether whether you run your own business or you're in, you know, in your career and whether you're five minutes into your career or you're 25 years into your career, like it's your lane, your lane, your race, your time. And so I think that I resonate with that massively so much so that I even on my vision board next to me at the moment, I've even got a picture. I think the pictures of Bondi icebergs in Sydney and it's literally just a swimming pool with all these different lanes as a reminder, like your lane, your race, your time. So I think yeah. that's, that is fantastic. And last question from me, Jessie Jolly, how can people find you? How can they reach out to you if they want to know more? So you can either find me on LinkedIn, Jessie Jolly, or you can find me on Instagram at Jessie Jolly Stylist. Awesome. And we will pop handles to both of those in the show notes, but this has been fantastic. I've, I'm like, Tick, 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 tick. I'm going to go back into my wardrobe after this phone call and do a little bit of a detox and look at the clothes, especially the clothes that I, that I've been keeping and ask myself, what is the memory? 
What is the memory and the piece of my identity that I'm attaching to this item right now? And what is the, you know, how can I keep the parts of that, but keep bringing them into the pieces of new pieces of my wardrobe that I might bring in along the way. So this has been such a fantastic phone call. I am very sure that our listeners will have got some great tips out of it and some great takeaways, but thank you so much for your time and sharing your pearls of wisdom with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad. I'm excited to hear how your wardrobe goes, actually. Oh, I will be most certainly letting you know. I'm going to need a hand, sister. I will absolutely (laughs) let you know. (laughs) I'm right here anytime. Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here, and I am so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2. And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I would love if you would leave me a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this. You can do it. You are doing it. And remember to sell yourself with confidence.